All right, everybody, welcome to episode 122 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how you doing, man? I'm good. Happy to be here. Uh, glad, glad to be here. And if you're watching live, which I hope you are, you see, we got a special guest. We got Ryan at Ryan Pros underscore FF. Ryan, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm I'm excited. I'm happy to be here. I, I love going on the first time. I'm happy for a second round. I lots of news to cover too. I'm excited. Oh, big week, man. big day, big day. Not even just a week, a day. Talk about it, man. Talk about it. I mean, this seems to have, uh, and maybe we say this every year, but I don't think so. This seems to be the craziest offseason that I can remember. And the draft hasn't even happened yet. Like, usually we start getting pumped up, you know, a week out, a couple weeks out from the draft. But this offseason has been bananas. So let's just get into it. Let's, I'll, I'll run through all the news and then we'll kind of pick and choose whatever we feel like talking about. So uh, probably the biggest news, even though there was a ton of big news, uh, Deshaun Watson traded to the Browns, and that was after the Browns were supposedly out of it. So three firsts, a couple of seconds, a later round pick, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that, that kind of, I think, started us off. Well, I guess this one actually took place first. Devontae Adams traded to the Raiders. Um, so, yeah, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have his man anymore. We'll see how that goes. Uh, the Watson deal seemed to be the precursor to Matt Ryan getting traded to the Colts, which then left an opening in Atlanta, which Marcus Mariota filled. The Saints were out on quarterback until they signed Jameis Winston. So he's coming back. Um Marcus Mariota needed a friend, so the Falcons also re-signed Corderell Patterson. Lombardi Lenny going back to the Bucks after a little flirtation with the New England Patriots. We got Robert Woods traded to the Titans because that was after our man Allen Robinson got signed to that big money contract by the Los Angeles Rams, and then today, oof, today, maybe maybe the biggest one of them all. Who knows? Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins for about 7,000 draft picks. So I'm out of breath. <laughs> Drew, how do you uh, pick one? What, what interests you? What do you think might be fantasy relevant? Do, do your thing, man. Oh gosh, uh, so much. I think on a personal note, I'm I'm so happy for uh, Mariota, man. I I really enjoy watching him at Oregon. Uh, you know, of course, he was in Nashville at Tennessee playing uh, his first few seasons, and just a really good guy. So I hope he gets a solid run here. Even if they draft somebody behind him you know, to to sit and learn for a year, I hope he he earns himself another gig after this one. Um, Tyreek to the Dolphins. Uh, we talked about it a little before we jumped on here. Uh, you know, it's starting to, uh, to boost my confidence again. And, 
uh, my end of our bet between Tua and Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, but uh, we'll see how all that plays out. A lot of mouths to feed there now, so I, I'm assuming there might be some other moves coming up and maybe some weapons going away, but um, love to see some of the change coming to the Dolphins organization. Um, yeah, excited for uh, a couple of startups that I did where I was able to get some of their players a little bit later. Um, I, I don't have enough Waddle still, even with Tyreek there. Um, maybe now is my chance to get some more Waddle if people are going to pivot to Tyreek being the guy. Um, so yeah, so those two are probably the ones that jumped out at me the most that uh, I have any kind of personal connection to. What about you, Ryan? Uh, I mean, I want to spin this in a dynasty perspective a little bit. I want to talk about Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Remember, what was it? A week ago, we thought these wide receiver landing spots for Dynasty were going to be terrible. And now two of them get to play with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. The Warrior is declining over here for landing spots. Yeah, man. It, it's it's going to be interesting with these wide receivers. And just the way this offseason has been going, I can't even say, like, this is it. I mean, if I would have told you after last or during last episode, that both Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill were going to get traded as soon as we signed off. You would have laughed at me. I probably would have laughed at We've seen not only both of those guys get traded, but then get big money contracts with their new team. So uh, that's going to be fun. Um, Deshaun Watson, I mean, he kind of, the trade alone, I mean, feel how you feel about everything that's going on with him. That's everybody's personal business, but he triggered this cascade of quarterbacks. I mean, Matt Ryan gets traded because of the Deshaun Watson trade. Marcus Mariota gets a job because of this Deshaun trade. Uh, You know, Jameis, you know, finally finds a landing spot. And now, uh, I saw a report, and we'll see what happens, that Baker could get cut um, because it seems like there aren't many places that are looking. I mean, Seattle needs somebody, but Jimmy G's still out there. I mean, looking to get traded. Now, does this turn into Jimmy G coming back to San Francisco? And then what happens? Because We've hyped up Trey Lance. It, it's supposed to, it was supposed to be Trey Lance's time. Uh, Jimmy G was going to get traded. It was a foregone conclusion. A lot of people were saying uh, the Colts looked like his landing spot. And now, well, Matt Ryan's there. So that that's a spot that's dried up. And, you know, can we see the 49ers trading Jimmy G to a division rival in Seattle? Probably not. You know, so... You know, how many more places are there for a quarterback to go? I mean, you can say Houston, maybe, but it seems like they like Davis Mills. What are you thinking, Ryan? I'm thinking, one, it's Carolina or bust at this point for Jimmy G. Honestly, there's nothing else. That, I mean, yeah, Carolina. I mean, it's amazing how the it, it seems almost like the draft and the lack of big time names at the quarterback position has really forced everyone in the NFL to kind of play this game of musical chairs and trying to get their guy and 
you know. And now it almost seems like everyone is kind of comfortable in what they have. Now what happens with these quarterbacks, you know, do they fall even more? I mean, a lot of people have been talking about Malik Willis going at two. But what happens after that? Do we see do we see everyone else fall because everyone ha everyone has kind of their guy and there's nothing that really reaches out and touches you at that quarterback position in the draft? It's gonna be really interesting. So obviously kind of the Watson trade started the domino effect, but man, I can't wait to see how this all shakes out and uh if Baker gets cut, man, Baker becomes like, I think Baker becomes a popular name as like a backup guy. Like, hey, Baker can play a little bit. Like, don't you want to have your guy, you know, kind of backed up? Like, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, um, God, just so much news. And even just reading it all out tired me out. So, um, Let's go to the timeline because this is what we do. We had a little fun with the news. And if, honestly, if we spent uh, time talking about every news topic, we would spend our hour, hour and a half just doing that. But the timeline is, is where we're at. So this first one here is from Dynasty Foosball at Koki FF. We've seen an RB drafted in the first round of every draft since 2014. And that was the Bishop year. I uh, remember Bishop Sankey, the good old days of uh, trying to figure this whole dynasty thing out. Uh, Brees Hall is no Bishop Sankey. So we hope, because we didn't think Bishop Sankey was Bishop Sankey either, and then he turned into Bishop Sankey. Um, who uses a first on a running back this year? So this is interesting. I want to maybe flip this. Um, who would you want to use a first on a running back for your dynasty teams? Uh, Ryan, why don't you start us off? Who who uh, would you love to see that first round pick get used on? Oh, uh, you already know. I I have to go with the layup here. I have to pick Kansas City. They just acquired a second first today. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Me and Tyler have talked about this. He's not, you know, a starting running back that I know. I know they wasted, uh, yeah, they wasted. They used first round capital on him, and it didn't quite pan out. And I'd love to see him go to Kansas City with one of their two first round picks. So Kansas City, Brees Hall, woof. I mean, we would get excited. I mean, I think that would put him as the consensus 101 in our he, startups. He already is almost. I think he is, but I, I think a almost. lot of people are saying, especially if Malik Willis goes to, to Detroit, that that ha in Superflex, we're talking about in Superflex here, that has to put him at the 101, especially if Brees goes with a, you know, a second, you know, um, but, yeah, I mean, if he goes with a first to Kansas City, I mean, we're almost going to repeat the CEH thing again. We're going to be like, I mean, look at this guy. Look at this team. Look at this. Let's go. So um, that that's a good one. 
Uh, Drew, what do you think, man? Who would you want to see a team use that first bond for running back? Oh, man. Uh, for fantasy purposes, I mean, Atlanta's a close second. Um, you know, be great to see somebody go there that, uh, you know, could dominate the backfield a bit. I know they were able to use Patterson a good bit last year and he had, you know, half a season of well, some strong games. Um, but I think it's a repeat of last year. If anybody goes there, um, you know, if they upgrade a few things, they, they could have uh, a good spot. Um, fandom wise, I'd love to see the bills take a first round back and commit to somebody. Um, I like Devin Singletary. Uh, I have him on a couple of teams. I know we've got some other needs, uh, defensively, of course, but, uh, if he's sitting there at 25, I wouldn't be mad if, uh, if Brees Hall went to the bills and we could just lock up, uh, you know, an every down back or somebody that maybe we feel good, uh, handing the rock off to a little bit more, take some pressure off of Josh Allen and, uh, see what happens. Yeah, that, that would be, um, two fun ones there. Uh, I think Atlanta's picking at eight, so that might be a little rich for a running back. Uh, the bills will be an interesting one. Uh, RIP Devin Singletary value uh, because at that point it would be uh, it would be the Brees Hall show uh, all day every day. Um, yeah, this is this is a tough one for me because obviously I thought about Kansas City, I thought about Buffalo. So who do I pick? Right, who? Who's out there? Who who needs a running back that has that first round pick, or maybe just has like the offense that really, you know who I actually here we go. You know who I could see doing it. The Philadelphia Eagles. They got three first round picks. Do they really like Miles Sanders? Uh, who knows? Yeah. Who. I mean, I don't like Miles Sanders, but I don't want to speak for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles brass. Um, I mean, I'm a fan, so I could. I mean, maybe. (laughs) Maybe I'm qualified enough. I don't know, but you're correct. But, man, you, I mean, when you have three picks like that, you really, and the Eagles were a playoff team last year. Yeah, they have holes to fill, but they, they signed Hassan. Reddick, which I think was an amazing move by them. So, you know, if Jalen Hurts, if this is supposed to be try out your number two form, get get him a horse, man. Get him, get him just a stud running back that he can put out there and have uh, Devonta Smith and the uh, the ghost of Jalen Rager and the the corpse of JJ or Sega Whiteside out there as receiving options, but they also have Dallas Goddard, you know, and really kind of put a little bit more juice into that offense and see what happens. So I'll go with a dark horse. I'll go with Philly with one of their picks. They have the uh, the ammo to kind of make a splash there, and uh, I think we I think we would like Brees Hall, especially with Jalen Hurts back there. Uh, you know, with legs as well, you know, we always say, you know, what helps out a running back, a running quarterback. So get a great guy with a great running quarterback and let's see what happens there. So I hope that, I hope that helped you uh, dynasty foosball for uh, three different opinions there on where a first round running back could go. Uh, This next one here is from Jake from state farm at Perry underscore FF. 
he said, question, we're assuming someone has the 101 and they're rebuilding, which means running back should be the last piece we add. Should we assume an RB should be the undisputed 101? Honest question here. Want to hear different perspectives. So I kind of put these two questions together because they kind of roll into one another. Ryan mentioned it earlier. Um, Hall is kind of sitting at the consensus 101, but we all know if uh, Brees Hall maybe doesn't go to mid-second and Malik Willis goes number two overall, he's going to be the 101 probably in Superflex, the majority of drafts. But the question here is not whether he should go 101 or not go 101, but should we be talking running back if you're the real legitimate 101, you were the worst team, your team stinks, should you be looking at a running back? We always talk about these running back windows. You know, it's, you know, three years. If you're lucky, you get five premium years out of a guy, and then that guy's dust. And, you know... If you're not a quick mover, if you're not a quick rebuilder, uh, he may out, outlive his usefulness before you uh, get to be contending again. So, Drew, why don't you start us off? Should we be looking at a running back at 101 if we are a bad team? Oh, that's tough. I, I think when you look at uh, most of the positions, the quarterback's going to have the most insulation for their value over the first couple of seasons. You mentioned Trey Lance earlier, right? People are still giving away boatloads to get him, and he's played how many quarters of, of real football, right? And Jimmy G is still on the roster. Um, so it, I think if, if you're the true 101 because you were the worst team last year, I would lean toward taking Malik Willis, Um and then even if he sits for a year, just like Trey Lance did, there is a really good chance that next year at this time, you'll be able to turn him into more usable pieces. And that's, let's say quarterbacks are strength now too. That's fine. You know, you can use that for more picks. And then next year we know running back is going to be good. We know there are going to be some more quarterback options, et cetera. Um, you know, running back, if you, if you feel really good about your evaluation of Brees Hall and he has a really good landing spot, then sure, you know, I, I flipped Jonathan Taylor in his second season in, in a rebuild and got Javante and two firsts with it. And I feel good about going into this year's draft and loading up and hopefully competing this year. Um, so it really depends on how far away you think you are. Hopefully your rebuild, like you said, Josh, is a season away. Otherwise, it's just, you know, you're donating to your league for two or three years, which, you know, if that's fun, that's fun. But at the end of the day, you know, I think most of us are in this to try to win every now and then. So um, unless you're going to be moving, willing to move off that running back in his first year, as soon as he starts to peak, I think the quarterback is the safer move to take at that 101. Or, you know, if you want, move back, right? Let's say Willis and Hall both get prime landing spots. Wait till you're on the clock with that 101 and start fielding some offers. You know, start hitting people up on draft night, April 28th, whatever it is. As soon as we see those guys go off the board, uh, start sending, uh, post a message in your group, me or whatever you have for your chat start taking offers, then people's, uh, you know, wheels will be turning. They're going to want to to get there as quick as possible. And, you know, if you can move back and collect maybe a, a, a mid first this year and then another first next year, take the profit and run and, uh, you know, really set yourself up to make some noise next year. If you really think you're going to be that far away this year, if one piece isn't going to fix it for you. Nice. What do you think, Ryan? Should we be focusing at running back on, at 101 or what should we do here? 
I mean, first off, I'm going to piggyback off of Drew's point. He's correct. If you could flip that for a mid first and a 2023 first, those are going to be values valued as gold halfway through the season if they not already are. But I'll counter the flip side of this argument. I mean, Brees Hall is an outstanding prospect. I feel like he gets so much hate when people talk about this draft class. They say, oh, it's not a good class compared to 22 or no, not 22, 21 and 20, which they're right. But Brees Hall is just a superior prospect. He was tested near JT numbers. Like it's ridiculous. And I don't know how my dynasty rankings are going to finalize, but I think I'm going to have Brees Hall. It's going to be hard not to put him at like six or seven right off the rip, honestly, above all these other guys with age concerns below like the Swifts and the Javante. So that's about it. And Malik Willis is probably going to be in the mid teens. If, if he goes where I think he's going to go, which I think is to Detroit. But I mean, you could take the superior prospect and, you know, flip him later. Like Drew said, like he got Javante and two first for Brees Hall. And Brees Hall might be that level of prospect. So I, I could see it going either way. I, I don't know what I'm going to do personally. Draft, draft capital landing spot matters so much. Well, draft capital. Landing spot, right. not as much. I have landing spot for quarterback. I have to preface that. I don't really account for landing spot and running back or wide receiver, really. Because that's how people missed out on, like myself, A.J. Brown. Because I'm like, oh, he went to the Titans with Derrick Henry. You know, it's not yeah. going to work out. It worked out. But, yeah. Well, and I, I do want to say landing spot does matter. And here's why it does matter. Because unless you're playing in a league with all Sharks, there's a guy, let's say, let's say Brees Hall goes in the second to Atlanta. Oh my God, now he's so much better. It's kind of what we did with CEH. He's so much better than we even thought he was because of the offense. There are going to be people in your league that think like that. So it doesn't really matter, but it does matter when you're trying to look at ways, as we were talking about, to flip the pick. If we can go, oh, Brees Hall's in Atlanta now, man. <laughs> There's no one there. It's Corderell Patterson, and that's it. Like, does CPAT scare you that much? Probably not. I got the 101. Let's drop a couple picks. I want you to have Brees Hall. You want to have Brees Hall. And, and that's why I think it does matter. But if you're stuck for some reason, no one wants to trade up to the 101. No one in your league feels like Ryan does, where he's going to be like a top 10 guy off the rip, no doubt about it. Then you take, then you take the best player. I, I, don't, I don't care because Drew mentioned it. He traded JT in year two. Let Brees Hall run wild for a year. And then guess what? Your team probably if you haven't made the right moves, it's still pretty bad. Okay, now you have a second-year running back who's done it for a year, and now you trade him like Drew did for a Hall, Javante, and two for, you know, whatever the, the case may be, and then rebuild with the pool of assets you just got because no one wanted to trade up maybe a couple picks in the first and throw you a little, you know, a little sweetener, you know, now they got to pay the tax because we've seen it. It's been proven. So I I never advocate for in rookie drafts, taking positions of need or taking, you know, well, I'm 
I'm weak at running or I'm weak at wide receiver, so I have to take a wide receiver. Like, no, like take the best guys and you'll usually end up being okay in this rookie draft thing that we do. Oh yeah. So it's a coin flip, right? At this point. Yeah. With where we're at now. I don't have a problem with either of them going one oh one, to be quite honest with you. Now someone else I might have a problem with going one oh one, but those two. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, trying to move up to the 102 in one league so I can get one yes. and two. In Josh's league that I'm in, I have one and two. In another one, I've got uh, one, six, eight, and 12, and I'm trying to package six and 12 to get up to two. And the guy's, guy's riding the fence on us. I'm trying to figure out what I need to add in that I feel good about to get there so I can walk away with both Willis and Hall. Any thoughts, Ryan? I've got the 201 I, as well. I love that. I love going up and getting the package. They're the two superior prospects in this class in terms of fantasy, you know, outlook, except when, you know, George Pickens or Sky Moore lands the Chiefs and everyone shoots them up their boards right away in the first round. But I, I'm a fan. I, I'm trying to do the same thing you are as well in a couple of leagues. So I, I definitely feel that. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how successful you guys are. Y'all have to keep us. Uh... You'll have to keep me apprised of, of how it's going and uh, if you guys have been successful or not. So this next one here is from Dennis at Daddy FFL. Traded Elijah Mitchell and the 207 for Travis Etienne. How do we how do we feel about Travis Etienne this year? This is an interesting one for me. I think I know how I feel about him, but I'm not 100% sure if I think I know how I feel about him. So, Ryan, why don't you go first? How how do you feel about Travis Etienne for this upcoming season? You know, I have to say, at least he got a better coach than last year. So, I, I know he was hurt the whole time, and it's the, the injury is not really a, one that you recover well from, from the foot. I, I don't know how I'm feeling about Travis Etienne. I'm I'm little on the fence. I I'll tell you right now I have him lower than Elijah Mitchell, so I like the side that he traded away more. So I'm just not really buying into the Etienne hype this offseason. Yeah, Drew mentioned earlier his uh he feels a lot better about Tua because of uh Tyree Kill coming into town. I feel a lot better about Tra- uh Trevor Lawrence because Urban Meyer is uh on a plane smoked out of there and they have a uh a very talented NFL head coach in Doug Peterson running the show now. So that, uh, that makes me feel a lot better. I I've been telling everybody, you know, Trevor Lawrence is the first player in history as a rookie to have to be the team starting quarterback and head coach at the same time. So, um, a, a lot for any prospect shoulder. So I think this year he can, he can focus just playing quarterback and actually, learn from somebody who not only has been a good head coach in the league, but was a, a quarterback in the league as well. So uh, I just want to throw that out there. Uh, Drew, what do you think about, what do you think about this trade? And what do you think about Travis Etienne? Neither of these guys are, are guys that I'm particularly uh, high on or, or want to go and add to my rosters. Um, I actually traded Mitchell away at what I thought was his peak uh, around playoffs last year uh, to grab, I think it was uh, Michael Pittman and Hunter Renfro to make a run. And uh, yeah, I, I, I am not there for Travis Etienne with that uh, 
injury to his foot. Um, I've seen people in the community saying they'd pay up to like a, the 108 Superflex for him straight up. And I, I, I'm not there. Um, I would give, I would give the 201. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, the league that I have the 112, I'd probably give the 112 um, just to, to take the shot there because I feel like that's just as good a, a chance of hitting as, you know, the wide receivers that might be there or, you know, if Ritter is there at the, at the turn or something for a quarterback prospect. But even then, I'd probably rather spend that pick on, on Desmond Ritter and hope that he pans out or spikes a little bit. Um, so I, I, I would rather have the Mitchell and the 207 side because I view them pretty similarly in terms of value. And I like that Mitchell's had a season to do it and he's shown that he can carry it well. And San Francisco is a good place to do it. So I would prefer to have Elijah Mitchell in the 207 and, you know, have a shot to maybe get the next Michael Carter even or somebody like that just to kind of add to my running back depth. Yeah, so the, the Liz Frank injury that uh, Travis Etienne had, you know, obviously not a doctor, but it seems like just from everything that I've seen, actual doctors write and articles that I've read, it seems like that first year back is like the you're still trying to work out all the bugs. It's it's not you at your best. You're not at top speed. You can't cut like you normally cut. And for that reason, I don't I don't want Travis Etienne. I mean, I'm sure somebody could come up with a price where I take him, but I also think that price is not what anyone rationally is selling him for. Um. I just feel like it's probably going to be another down year, another uh, he's just working the kinks out and you can probably buy him for even lower than Elijah Mitchell in a 207 after the 2022 season's over. So um, if you're really, if you're really like, I need to be in the, the ETN sweepstakes, give yourself a few months <laughs> and I think you, you'll be able to get them for a lot less. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm with Drew here. I like the Elijah Mitchell and the 207 side better. I'm also curious to see what Jacksonville does because uh, they haven't really done anything at the running back position in free agency yet. So is this, you know, we've kind of seen the Doug Peterson system where he likes to use – a lot of running backs and maybe that's because the running backs he had in Philly weren't that good. I don't, but I mean, Travis Etienne hasn't proven that he's a star. So do they draft a guy or two? Are they going, are they waiting for maybe some guys to get cut to bring in another guy? It'd be interesting to see. I don't think, uh, I don't think Etienne comes in as the only guy that is uh, even uh, capable of, stepping on an NFL field before week one. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think there's some people that are, people are getting hyped about college teammates being reunited. Right. I mean, we've seen it work so well with Chase and Burrow and we've got, uh, Waddle and Tua and a couple of other, um, you know, now of course, Devante and Derek Carr getting back together. So I, I think some people are maybe playing that up as well. Like how, how potent was Clemson's offense with these two. And, you know, again, if you're truly a believer in, Trevor Lawrence and his talent, what can he open up or, you know, what will they have for chemistry together? So I can see, you know, a, a possibility for some, some good outcomes here, but I'm not willing to risk uh, the 107, 108, 109 on, on it. 
No, yeah, I I wouldn't even pay a first round pick for for ETN right now. That's just me. I, you know, someone else wants to go out there and do it. Hey, do what you think is best, but uh, it won't be me. And let's face it, um, I think Doug Peterson is going to tell uh, T Law he better find that chemistry with uh, Christian Kirk real quick for all the money he's getting paid. Forget about who you knew in college. Uh, this is the pros. You you need to pepper this man with as many targets as humanly possible because we're paying him. Uh, I think he's the third highest paid running or excuse me wide receiver in the league. So uh, yeah, good luck with that. It's unreal. <laughs> so it's unreal. um, so this next one here is from Jay Ryder at Dynasty Judge. Uh, which side do you like here in a Dynasty twelve team? Superflex, tight end premium. Uh, don't have what the premium is here. But do you like CeeDee Lamb or Elijah Moore, Dalton Schultz, and the 201? So which Dallas Cowboy do you like more? Um, I'll, I'll start here. It's, it's CeeDee Lamb. I mean, we the community did this weird thing after the season was over where we were like, CD lamb is not a good player. Try, try to trade him and get anything you can for him. And it was just weird to me. Cause I was like, okay. Like I think a lot of people, and I, I was one of those people as well that said, you know, in a couple of years, CD lamb is going to be like a top three receiver for dynasty. And he kind of got there, but he didn't put up the top three numbers. So then instead of just saying, okay, maybe we were wrong about having him at top three, maybe he's more like a top 15 guy, we just said, nah, he sucks. Get rid of him. Really weird. I I don't know what we were all thinking at the time. Uh, But this almost seems like some residual from that – from that moment in dynasty history there where we're still like, get rid of them, you know, get what you can for them and get out. I mean, I like Elijah Moore. I like Elijah Moore a lot, but he's not CD lamb. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, Dalton Schultz. I, I say this every year. Every tight end from tight end 7 to tight end 17 is the same guy. Don Schultz is in that mix. He's he's one of those you know, Dawson Knox, Robert Tanyan, you know, all those guys that, you know, any of them can have a top 5 week and then wake up the next week and have a top 15 week. I mean, it's just they're all the same guy. And then the 201. Drew, you mentioned it earlier, kind of the community consensus is that this isn't a good draft. So what value does that 201 really have? You know, this isn't the 201 of last year where we were still talking about guys like Elijah Moore, uh, possibly, you know, a Rashad Bateman, a Rondell Moore, those kind of guys, you know. So, yeah, it, it just seems like one good piece and two map pieces for CeeDee Lamb. Um, what do you think, Drew? I actually voted in the minority on this um, without knowing the full context, like you said, of you know, what's the premium, how many starters. If it's, you know, if it's fewer than 10 starters, then sure, give me Lamb, and I want to plug 
uh, a top 10 wide receiver into that spot for sure. Um, if it's more than 10, 11, 12, whatever, then sure, I'll, I'll take the depth. But I do like Elijah Moore. I don't know that the gap between him and Lamb, now that Amari is gone, I think Lamb should definitely bump. But so should Schultz, right, depending on uh, who they bring in or how they fill that out or continue to fill that out. Um, I do think based on – it's funny how the uh, the quality of the quarterbacks in this draft will probably push them down a bit, uh, which means you'll have some lottery picks, I think, for quarterback around the turn. So I, I'm fine trying to take a shot there depending on uh you know how you feel about your your prospects but quarterback is is generally the toughest position to get right uh so good luck to you i know a few of us maybe got lucky with some late quarterbacks in the last few years but um i i like elijah more maybe more than the community does we'll see what zach wilson does this year if he steps up and actually progresses um but yeah i think uh, i I usually try to vote real quick and not overanalyze it. And I, I found that I hit the, uh, the package side first. All right, Ryan. So we, we, you're breaking the tie here. Um, uh... I'm breaking the tie. Oh no. But I, I, I do, <laughs> I do agree with the two of one portion, but I'm going to have to go with CD lamb. There's, there's always quarterbacks. Jalen hurts a couple of years ago. Justin, Justin Herbert was a late first round pick and look at how he's panned out. Davis Mills is a starter. He's a lot later, but he's a starter this year. You can find a lot of quality quarterbacks late in the draft, but I got to go with CD Lamb. And trust me, I, I love Elijah Moore. I've been hammering him in the fifth of every startup I've been in this offseason. I've been drafting him in the fifth. Dalton Schultz is going to have a monster year. But we just saw the Jets try to trade for Tyreek Hill today. He would have ate up a monster target share of Elijah Moore. So I, Elijah Moore is going to be good. Don't get me wrong, but give me CD Lamb. It looks like. The Jets are going to add someone at 10 now, and that's going to tank his value. So just just buy low later, you know? Uh, Ryan, I, I think you nailed Very it. Very true. Very true. The The Jets have two picks in the top 10. So would we be shocked to see a Garrett Wilson go? Would we be shocked to see, you know, insert your favorite wide receiver here, Drake London? You know, like, we're not going to be surprised. And at that point, where does that love for Elijah Moore go? I'm still going to love him. I'm still going to love him a lot, but I'm going to love him a little bit less because especially, you know, I think Garrett Wilson should be the guy one of, at one of those picks that the Jets. And if he is, I mean, that boy can do some work. I mean, and obviously, you know, unless we're going to now turn the Jets into a top 10 offense on the back of that, somebody's got to suffer a little bit. So, you know, unfortunately, it's probably going to be our favorite guy. Just got rid of James. Just got rid of Crowder. But uh, I I would like to to change my answer based on that. That that makes a lot of sense, Ryan. So sorry, Twitter poll. You're stuck with my response. I I hate when that happens. I accidentally... Sometimes yeah. I rush and click the wrong button. I'm like, oops. And then it's like 13% voted with you. It's like, oh, I'm the only vote that voted that one. Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to tell them in the comments. Sorry. Yeah. So, so Jay, I hope you got, uh, I hope you got CD Lamb in this. And uh, I, I hope it's uh, successful for you. Uh, this next one here is from Wyatt at Wyatt B underscore FF. Crossing my fingers that the Dolphins don't draft a running back and that Raheem Mostert's presence keeps Chase Edmonds' ADP in the running back 30 to 35 range because I will happily draft him at that cost. 
I actually wonder what Chase Edmonds ADP is right now because 30 to 35 seems low, but then I'm like, oh, maybe it's not as low as I think it is. It's one of those things. I'm curious, though, does Raheem Mostert keep your ADP down? Like, it, it seems like if Raheem Mostert has the ability to keep your ADP down, you weren't that good to begin with. <laughs> like, I like Raheem Mostert, and, like, the two games he plays every season, he is amazing. But unfortunately, it's the other 14 to 15 games that he goes missing that uh, doesn't allow him to affect much else. So, um, you know, we were talking about first uh, first round running backs. Um, obviously, Miami will now not be in that conversation because they traded their first round pick for Tyreek Hill. Um, by the way, good on them. Uh that first, I think that pick was 29 or something like yep. that. So, um, but if they use a second, a mid second, you know, what if they get Hall? What if, what if they get um, Walker? Like, ooh, Chase Edmonds. I mean, I, I feel like we're going to be back in to old Chase Edmonds territory where he was splitting with, you know, insert running back name here. You know, last year was James Conner. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if if they draft a guy, Chase Edmonds is definitely, you know, that stock is going to tank. But does, I mean, I'll ask this question. Does Raheem Mostert, like, tank anyone's ADP? Or, or am I just way too low on Raheem Mostert? Not for me, he doesn't. <laughs> did, did just muddies the water. Yeah, I'm in on I'm in at cost on Raheem Mostert, but he doesn't tank anyone else's ADP. Yeah, and obviously with the uh, with the new coaching staff there coming from San Francisco, you know, it it's not that they liked using a bunch of running backs. It always just seemed that in San Francisco. Guys got hurt, so they had to use a lot of running backs. Um, they actually did try to stick with their guy um, until their guy got hurt. I mean, we saw it last year with Elijah Mitchell. You know, he was there. He played. He got hurt. Obviously, he wasn't playing. But as soon as he was back and healthy, he was back in and playing. So um, it seems like right now, if that holds the form in Miami, Chase Edmonds is going to be that guy, unless obviously they draft kind of one of the top three running back prospects. Um, and Raheem Mostert is probably not getting a lot of run unless obviously there's a Chase Edmonds injury. And then at that point, you know, they still do have, you know, Miles Gaskin and, you know, hopefully it's not a two-week say- injury. <laughs> Well, we'll see. I mean, they couldn't keep him healthy in San Francisco for some. So hopefully, maybe the bad luck stayed in San Francisco, and they're bringing the good luck to uh, to Miami. But um, is I mean, is Chase Edmonds really going that low? I mean, yeah. I, I just looked at the DLF ADP for March, and he is RB thirty five, and that's with the rookies inserted, and the top three are above him with Hall Walker and Spiller. So. 
Wow. He's RB35, and right below him is Rashad White, so he could go even lower. Oh, wow. Melvin Gordon, too. He doesn't have a team yet. Yeah, so. the, se- the second he signs in Atlanta, he, go- he goes to the moon. <laughs> um, yeah, Melvin Gordon, man. It's a shame he doesn't have a job yet, especially with the way teams are throwing money around. I'm surprised Jacksonville didn't offer him, like, Eighteen million a year to uh, to play running back for him, uh, but yeah. But let's sidetrack here. Where should Melvin Gordon go? I'm just calling audible here. There's there's a couple spots, and I think it's all the ones that we mentioned beforehand. Honestly, yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, I'd love to see him in Buffalo. Oh. Yeah, Drew, you That'd need to so call. Awesome. You need to call up management there. How come they haven't? <laughs> how, how come they haven't laid some money on uh, Melvin Gordon yet? <laughs> or they use it all on Von Miller and they're tapped out now. Yeah, that was that was that was a lot of money. And then uh, I'm sure we got to start out Stephon Diggs here because I'm sure he's watching all the wide receiver money getting thrown around and waiting for his to come along. And that's the crazy thing. Yes, Mr. Bean, if you're listening. It, and I mean, both Tyreek Hill and, and Devonta Adams proved that they're not scared of leaving their elite quarterbacks and going somewhere else. Like they're like, yeah, pay me my money, give me my respect. I don't care who throws me the ball; I'll still keep doing what I'm doing. So, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs is—I'm curious about Stephon Diggs though because he was. He was so unhappy in Minnesota with the way that offense was being run. And he went to Buffalo where that offense is is kind of like a work of art. I'm wondering if he would complain because Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill didn't know that pain. Like Stephon Diggs is like, I've felt that pain before. Like I know what being with a good quarterback and a good offense is. The other side. Yeah, so I'm very curious. I mean, I'm sure Stefan Diggs' agent is probably going, hey, guys, yeah, look at this money. You know, maybe a few million more over here would be nice, but I I mm-hmm. wonder if he would mm-hmm. take it to the point where he um, asks out because he, you know, he doesn't like it because, I mean, he could be back on a team like Minnesota where it's like we're going to run first and we're, you know, we have other passing options that need to get the ball first. And Stefan, you have to sit and you have to like what you're getting. So, uh, yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo would be a good one for Melvin Gordon. I like San Francisco would be interesting. We're talking about, you know, the old, uh, the old San Francisco offensive coordinator going to, uh, to Miami, like, Melvin Gordon beats out uh, Eli Mitchell there real quick. You know, he's I'm trying to think where else could he go. I mean, in does Belichick Seattle... have the pull anymore to get guys like him? My thing is, like, I don't know if guys like him really want to go to New England. Like, I don't know. I don't no, know if yeah. running backs, running backs want to go there. I mean, do you want to be Melvin Gordon when you know you still have juice and you know play, you know, lose, you know, 60% of snaps to 
uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson? Like, probably not. You know, I think I think they they tried to tempt uh, Lombardi Lenny, and he said, uh, "I'll just I'll just go back to the Bucks and uh, be the guy for a, uh, a Super Bowl contending team." Um, where else could he go? I mean. Houston is always trying to sign running backs. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, how talented you are. Houston will sign you, so there's a there's a spot. Yeah, I'm surprised Melvin Gordon doesn't have a job, I guess is what I'm saying. There's a lot of openings where he could do really well, and teams still have cap room, so that'll be – that was a fun little, little sidetrack there. I just wanted to see what you guys thought about uh, Melvin Gordon and why he doesn't have a job. All right, uh, last but certainly not least, this is uh, from Josh Larkey at J Larkey Tweets. Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, best receiving tandem in the NFL. Don't even think this is a hot take. Um, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins would like to have a word. Um, they're on line one. Um, are there is there any other tandem that you guys can think of that um, that would rival the Devontae Adams Darren Waller combo? At the time of the tweet, Tyreek and, and Kelsey yes. would probably like yeah. the word. I was gonna say. <laughs> now maybe not so much. Um, I mean, the only other one that came to mind for me was uh, you know I think Devo and Kittle would like to to throw their hat in the ring here as well. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. But yeah, I was I was gonna say that too. If you sent me this uh, the show sheet yesterday, and I looked at it. I would've been like, yeah, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey because the tweet came out before then. But <laughs> no more, I guess. I mean, I agree with you, Josh. Jamar Chase and T Higgins will have that locked up by midseason. They're insane. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's amazing, and I'll. I'll get on this soapbox because I argued with so many people about this. It's funny listening to dynasty guys who play dynasty, who are really into dynasty talk about building actual NFL teams. You know, we had this conversation, you know, this time last year, should the Bengals take Penny Sewell or should they take Jamar chase and everybody not everybody, but the majority of people are like, you got to take the offensive lineman. You can't get Joe Burrow hurt again. You get you. And I always said, you got to take the best player on your board. You have a top five pick. It's the same thing we talked about in rookie drafts. Like, you take the best guy. You can always figure it out later. And, you know, there was the little, the little uh, meme, yeah. you know. The Joe Burrow throwing a Jamar Chase and he can't get it off because there's no offensive lineman. And then Joe Burrow throwing to anybody because they have the off. Guess what? Joe Burrow was throwing it to Jamar Chase all the way to the Super Bowl. And guess what? Everyone all of a sudden kind of got on board as we went on. And I kept poking the bear because after every win, I would go, so are we still debating this Jamar Chase Penesul thing, or like, have we all come around to agree? Because we we also forget that like the draft isn't one round, 
the draft is seven rounds. And hey, the NFL even lets you have multiple picks in a round if you can work that out. Like, so, and now we've just seen, holy man, we've seen the Bengals just morph that offensive line. I mean, they just, they just signed Lyle Collins on Monday. I mean, they, I mean, they turned that from a maybe slightly below average offensive line to a above average offensive line. And they did the same thing that the Chiefs did. I mean, the Chiefs last year totally revamped their offensive line. And uh, it got them all the way to the AFC Championship game. So, like, got, like NFL teams don't don't reach for quarterbacks. You know, we've seen that done a million times and almost never work out. Just take the best player available. You'll be able to figure out everything else later on. Um, but yeah, that, yeah that's I, my. I think. Uh, yeah, I think you're right, Josh. That. That's the best trio. Even when you add the quarterback in the mix, Burrow, Higgins, Chase, far and away, tier their own. But actually, as I'm looking at this, and we just mentioned him, right? Uh, if we're do- doing just the receiving duos, how do we feel about Tyreek and Waddle now? That that I I kind of flashed through my head. That's really interesting. Well, that's like, pretty nice too. So it's amazing the swing that uh, Tyreek can make from one team to the next. Um, but yeah, as far as but then I mean you have Tua there who is no. He's no Joe Burrow. He's no Patrick Mahomes. We don't know yet what's going to happen in San Francisco. So is it going to be Lance throwing week one to Debo and Kittle? Um, I mean, both Debo and Kittle had decent year last year with Jimmy G. So, yeah, at least we kind of know what's going to be there. But uh, I think, you know, the, the ceiling is still unknown for what Chase and Higgins can do with Joe Burrow, a healthy line. I mean, Joe Mixon even, right? What's going to happen with Joe Mixon this year? So it, it is going to be a lot of fun to watch them. Uh, I am fully expecting it to be a Bills-Bengals AFC championship if things go right and people stay healthy, and uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, um, Tyreek getting out of Kansas City uh, now turns it into uh, Juju and Travis Kelsey, and that doesn't quite have the same ring as uh, as Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So, uh you know, that's, uh, that is what it is. But yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because we're also looking at, you know, the, the draft and there's probably going to be like five is my number right now. Wide receivers taken in the first round. So, I mean, I've been looking at mock drafts where Traylon Burks goes, 24 to Dallas. CD Lamb and Traylon Burks all of a sudden is like, hey, Traylon Burks hasn't done a thing in the league yet, but man, that that definitely makes it uh, exciting. And you know, if uh, if we have uh, Garrett Wilson go to uh, the Jets, you know, Elijah Moore hasn't popped yet, but man, if those two can get on the same page, that's like a fun young combo. Like. It, it's funny just the mass amount of wide receiver talent that has poured into the league in like the last three years. It's just kind of been like the last three years, every year it's just been like, Hey, do you need a wide receiver? Like 
that's why like it's amazing that the Jacksonville Jaguars have to pay Christian Kirk a billion dollars a year when it's like, how have you missed on all of this talent that has poured into the league over the last three years? Like even even just throwing darts at a dartboard, you should have been able to hit one of these guys. And you have just totally missed out on everything. And now you have to pay Zay Jones and Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk. And man, I mean, I thought rich people blew their money on, on crazy things, but spending what like almost $200 million on those three guys is like, you could have done so much good with that money. <laughs> I mean, so much good could have been done with that money. And instead, I mean, like Zay Jones is getting paid more, I think, than DJ Chark. Like, why don't you just keep DJ Chark for a year and $10 million like like Detroit did? Like, Detroit made a good move. Like, you know, we don't say that very often. Uh, big up to uh, to Bill McCarthy there at Super Duper Flex. But... Like, that's a good move, like, DJ Chark, one year, $10 million. Okay. Like, let's see what he can do in the offense. Uh, maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But it's better than spending 18 mil annually on Christian Kirk. Like, that's my opinion. I mean, I mean, Juju signed for, what, one year, $10.5 million, right? I think it was yeah. the The base was nowhere near $10 million. It was, like, three. Like, yeah, it's cheap and that incentivized. Like, why? Like, Jacksonville was like, uh, we could get Juju or we could get Christian Kirk. And at least Juju, you can say, had two, like, amazing yeah, wide receiver one seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe he's not that guy anymore. And that's a possibility. And maybe he needs a, you know, Hall of Fame talent like Antonio Brown on the other side to do it. But, like, at least he's proven in some circumstance he can do it. I mean, Christian Kirk has not proven in any circumstance that he can do it. Guy's never had a thousand been awesome yards. to see Juju go to uh, to the Cardinals and be across from Hopkins for a season. Oh man, replace that, Christian Kirk. That would have been that would have been awesome. Fun fun fact: uh, Christian Kirk and I have the same number of thousand yard seasons in the NFL. So. Um, me too. Jackson, Jacksonville, Same. if you want to send a few mil my way, I'll get out there, man. Let's let's go. I mean, but uh, yeah, I God God bless uh, NFL free agency. I don't get mad at anybody making their money. By the way, I will get mad at teams for stupidly spending their money. But hey, good for Christian Kirk. Like somebody said to him, you can get eighteen million dollars a year. And probably even Christian Kirk was like, nah, get out of here. Like, I can't. And he got it, and good for him, because uh, if it was me, I would have signed that contract as quickly as he did. So uh, so there it is. So that's the end of the show sheet. So that is all we got. Um, I, I want to thank you, Ryan, for coming on. Uh, really appreciate it, man. Um why don't you, on the way out, let everybody know where they can find you, what you're doing, and what you're up to? 
Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's it's always a blast to come on here and talk some ball with you guys. It's so much fun. But love it. Love you it. can find me writing for the Dynasty Vipers. I'm gonna start back up on content there in a little bit with the rookies coming up. And then you could find me on YouTube on Tyler's channel at Tyler FF the Creator. I think I got that right. I think I got the order of words right. But you can find me on there. We do shows every Monday and uh, I love doing it. It's talking ball is just fun. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, you know, I can't wait for the draft. Dude, I'm with you. I can't wait for the draft either. Uh, really excited, actually. Uh, not next week, but the week after we start our draft month where we bring in people from all over the Twitter sphere that are draft nerds that are doing their draft thing. And we just get them out here and we try to get people prepped and ready to go for uh, not only their rookie drafts, but the NFL draft as well, because that's actually how I got into football was through the draft. And I've, I've loved it since I was a teenager. So I am, uh, I am pumped at it. We are getting there. We are almost within a month of the draft. So I'm, I'm excited. Um, so thanks again, Ryan. And I want to thank everybody who, who stopped by, uh, appreciate all you guys. Uh, if you are listening, if you're watching us, excuse me on YouTube, uh, make sure you subscribe, make sure you hit the bell, make sure you do all that stuff so that when we go live, you, uh, you could be along with us. If you're doing a podcast thing, thank you guys too. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, make sure if you magically found us, you subscribe and then leave a rate and review. Somehow the algorithm figures out that that makes us important. And then we get to see, um, we get to be in front of new people. So, On that note, Drew, we are out of here. Late.